Hello, hello, hello. It's Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle Donatian. And today, folks, it is Monday, September the 17th. If you're on the East Coast of America, that is the date of today, but maybe you're on another part of the world. I hope that you are enjoying these moments with me. I know I certainly enjoy them with you. And today's topic is going to be, what does victory look like? What does victory look like? Because let me tell you, you know, God is so faithful. He's really faithful. And sometimes we get the wrong understanding of what victory looks like and what it is and how to walk it out. And even as we go, I know myself, I'm still learning. And I'm asking God, what does it look like here? What does victory look like here? And sometimes... I realize I haven't asked the question, and maybe that's like you today. Today we're going to talk about the importance of asking and what it looks like. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you for each and every person here today, Lord God, each and every one listening, each and every one who's tuned in, Lord God, you know your will, you know your will for their lives, and you know that you want them to have victory, Lord God, each and every one of us. So as we come before you today, Father, I ask that you give them revelation, teach them, show them in their hearts, turn them on your path, and we'll give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Thanks. So friends... Victory, what does victory look like? And even before we go on, I'm just going to ask, Lord God, that you give each one revelation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks, Lord. So what does victory look like and why is it important to know what it looks like? Well, first of all, I want you to think about something, okay? I want you to think about something. And I was looking, I was reading, well, I was listening to the book of Genesis, And I was listening to the book of Genesis because I had been sick and I never get sick. I never, never, never get sick, except if there's been something that I'm going to be just upfront and honest with you. The only time I get sick is if I've been not obeying the Lord in some area of my life. It's the only time I get sick and I would be flat on my back, just feeling horrible. And I know, Lord God, forgive me. And he'll be warning me and warning me and warning me. And if you have ever experienced that, it's in the book of Job. It's in the book of Job. And he talks about how he will warn you. He'll speak to you in dreams. He'll speak to you. And then if you don't listen, then you'll have sickness. The Bible says it. I didn't know that until recently. But it's in the word, okay? It's in the word. And if we have time here today, uh, before we end, I'm going to show that scripture to you. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to show that scripture to you. But for now, I want to take you to where I was listening to. And, 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 And let me explain something to you. When I got sick, I knew there was something I'd missed. I knew it immediately. And I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his mercy. I'm not proud that I didn't obey him and that I wasn't listening. But the reality is that's what happened. We've all been there. And where do we go from there is really the victory in that situation. 
So I know that I need to be in my word and I will turn the word on and let it just wash over me because I'm not going to even tell you how sick I was because I don't want to glorify that, but I'm going to tell you, um, I could, I couldn't even stand up. I mean, it was so bad. And so I turned on my iPad. I got my iPad and I always have my cell phone close to me because it's my, uh, my, my, not my battery, but my, what's the word I'm looking for? My, my alarm clock. It's my alarm clock. And so my alarm clock is in my cell phone, if you will. And so I had pulled up my iPad, put, opened up an app, uh, and just let the word of God just roll over me, just roll over me. And what I normally like to do is I try to listen to the word of God throughout the day, or I put worship music on throughout the day. When I'm teaching students, I'll put it on very, very low because worship music and the word of God change the atmosphere in a really positive way. They change the atmosphere, brings the presence of God in. And so sometimes I do that, but I've got to get better at it. So nonetheless, I was listening. That's why I use the word listen. I was listening to the word of God. And I was listening to the scripture about uh, Joseph, okay? But I think what I need to do is I need to talk about another one first. I just hear the Holy Spirit talking about another one. And this is about Jacob, okay? And if you remember in the book of Genesis, Jacob, of course, was, um, he married, was tricked when he married um, his wife, right? Rachel and Leah. So his father-in-law was Laban. And, you know, you go back into scripture and you'll see where, you know, he went, um, he went to, 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 he married her. He married who he thought was Rachel at first, but he realized he married Leah. His father-in-law had tricked him. His father-in-law had tried trickery from the beginning to get him to stay longer. Um, then when he realized that he married the wrong woman, then his father-in-law said, oh, 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 well, it's the custom of, you know, us to have the, the younger one or the older one married first before the younger one. So he was stuck, you know, with the wrong woman, if you will. And then he said, well, you know, if you work seven more, if you work more, I'm going to let you have Rachel. So he worked. And then he was able to marry whom he loved. But he was married to both women. And Laban was unfair the whole time. Laban was unfair the whole time. And while Jacob looked over Laban's flocks, they multiplied. They multiplied. Everything that Jacob touched multiplied. Everything he touched multiplied. There was victory in that. And one day... Jacob went to his wives and he said, listen, we're leaving here tomorrow. The Lord God came to me in a dream and told me I need to leave. So he left. Well, before he had, he had left, if you remember the situation, he began working with the flocks and, you know, he talked about the ring straight flocks and, you know, you can go into the scripture and, and, and read that and how the flocks would give birth if they looked at a painted fence and one spotted fence. And, 
what was happening was Laban was trying to um, take credit for and profit from all of Jacob's work, but everything Jacob put his hand to, he prospered in. And so, you know, Laban said, well, whoever, you know, whichever this group is, you can have those. Well, God prospered that group every single time. And Jacob knew it. Laban knew it. The sons knew it. Everyone knew it. So Jacob obeyed the Lord God and he left with his wives and his children and all of his property. And he left in the middle of the night. And by the time Laban found out about it, you know, it was hours later and he went after him and went and he got to a mountain where he was and Laban, you know, said, you took my daughters, you took my, my everything. These are my children, my daughters, my property. And Jacob said, of course, no, no, you were unfair to me. God gave me these things. And so basically they agreed that, you know, Laban wouldn't touch those things. The Lord warned him about it, you see. And there was victory in that. But here's where the victory really came in. He went back to his father's land and remember, Jacob had tricked his own brother, right? Jacob had tricked his own brother. So I just think I'm going to stop right there for a moment. I want you to think about this, this victory, okay? I want you to go back and I want you to go back in your mind and think about what Jacob went through. Jacob went through some tricks, some trickery, tribulations, trials. He was there living with his father-in-law for, I want to say, 20 years. I want to say 20 years past. He was there, married to two women because his father-in-law tricked him, working, 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 really just prospering his father-in-law rather than himself. Now, because, though, of the work of his hands, God prospered him, even when Laban tried to come against him. Even when Laban did come against him, he still, Laban didn't profit in the end. Jacob did. And God blessed Jacob. See, as you go through scripture and you talk about, you read about this part about Jacob, you don't hear Jacob mention the Lord God much at all. In fact, this is the first time in that part of scripture where you hear him talk about the Lord God speaking to him. But he knew who the Lord God was because of his lineage, his family, and he obeyed him. He knew his voice and he obeyed him. Now, let me tell you something, okay? Victory. Victory in your life looks like this. When you go through tribulation, the Lord God speaks through the Holy Spirit. You obey him and he brings you out of the tribulation. That's what victory looks like. Do you fall apart before you get to the victory? Do you have a problem and then you think, oh my gosh, what's going on? What am I gonna do? Oh no, oh no. Or do you stop and say, hold on a second. Okay, this tribulation came. More than likely the Lord God warned you about it. Maybe you weren't listening. Or maybe you listened and you didn't know what to do. Or maybe you didn't do enough. But nonetheless, the Lord, the Lord told you, the Lord warned you some way. He doesn't leave us without wisdom. He won't leave us without warning. What we do with it is up to us. 
But he loves us so much that he's going to warn us. And as we move forward, he's going to be the one to guide that. Now think about it. If Jacob stopped, what would victory be like for him? Would he have victory? No, he wouldn't have victory. He wouldn't have victory at all. Not at all. And we know later on he wouldn't have reunited with his brother. He would not have, you know, had any of the of the beautiful things that God had in store for him. Right? You know, God planned for these things. God knew these things were going to happen. Now we know that Jacob then later his name was changed, right? Do you remember? You see, his name was changed. And what was his name changed to? Well, we know later on his name was changed to, let's think about it here. If you go back, let me just take you to the scripture, okay? We're in the book of Genesis, okay? We are in Genesis chapter 32, okay? And... Let's see here. We're on verse, let's see, 24. Okay, we're on verse 24. So it says here, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. We know that was the Lord. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Whoa. And he said unto him, what is thy name? Now this is God. God knew his name. But he said, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, this is God saying, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Now let's think about this for a moment, okay? Jacob. If Jacob had not gone down, if Jacob had not married Rachel and Leah, if Laban had not been unfairly treating him, if Jacob had not escaped and left in the middle of the night, if Jacob had not gone and seen Laban, if Jacob had, Jacob had not gone to go back and meet his brother or hear about, oh, Esau is coming, whom Esau had vowed to kill him. Remember, that's why he left, because Jacob and his mother conspired against Esau and the father. Do you remember? Esau and Isaac. So all these things happened. Why did they happen? God knew. And he also knew that Jacob was going to wrestle him. He was going to wrestle with Jacob. God knows everything. Do you think he didn't know that your car was going to break down? Do you think he didn't know that your daughter was going to begin acting up? Do you think he didn't know that your son was going to lose their job? Do you think he didn't know all these things? I'm not speaking this over you. I'm saying, I know some of you out there are having these situations right now, experiencing things right now. We all have trials, but what does victory look like? Victory looks like you getting on your knees before the Lord God, praying and believing what God says about your situation and walking away, thanking God for the victory and saying, all is well. All is well. 
That is what victory looks like. Everything isn't going to always go right. Everything's not always going to go right. Believe me, I know from personal experience that everything doesn't always go right. Everything doesn't always go planned. Do you think my life has been perfect? Every time something has gone on, I've gotten stronger and stronger. And in the beginning of my walk, I would fall to pieces. In the beginning of my walk, I would think, well, what is going on? How could this happen? I thought in the beginning, (laughs) when I first became a Christian, this was the truth about what I believed. I thought because I became a Christian that I would have a perfect life. I really believed it. I had no understanding, no idea. As you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I had nothing to lean back on, and I wasn't reading the Word, so all I knew was everything was going to be all right. I think that's what everybody always told me, and I had a sense of that in my spirit, but I really thought everything would be perfect and that I'd have no problems. And when the first trial and tribulation came, I fell to pieces because I didn't know what to do and I didn't know that this could happen to a Christian. But 20-something years later, I am so excited to tell you, you go from glory to glory as you walk in victory. When you walk in victory, it means that you trust God that you get stronger as you get through the trial. You get stronger when the tribulation comes. You do not fall to pieces. You might cry. That doesn't mean you fall to pieces. That means that you need to improve your, you need to increase your time with the Lord because you need to strengthen your faith. He'll strengthen your faith. I learned this. I learned this. When I would cry, it was because I had despair or I had lost hope somewhere And then the Lord would wipe my tears. The Lord would pick me up and would say, no, 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 daughter, all is well. And this is what I say to you, brother or sister who's listening here today. All is well. This is what victory looks like. Victory does not mean that your life is perfect. Victory means that no matter what is going on, you stand up, you get on your knees to pray, You stand up and pray. You ask the Holy Spirit, how do I pray? You know, I can't tell you how many times I have said to the Holy Spirit, how do I pray? Probably every day. I don't have experience in all of these things in life. And I'm learning just like you're learning. You know, I heard another preacher say this and it made me feel so much better because I felt like, oh, I had such inexperience. And she said it herself. She said, with all the inexperience that I had in my life, you don't know how many times I've had to cry out to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord God, I don't know how to pray. Tell me what to pray. She said that. And I said, oh, I've done it a million times because all I know is what I read in the scripture. That's all I know. And the revelation the Lord gives me, that's all I know. I don't know past that. And that's a good place to be. You need to depend on the Lord God for everything in your life. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. I have to tell you, I don't know. I really don't know. I know that in the end, I'm going to be victorious because already I am. Right now, all is well. If you don't have a trial, if you don't have a, what's the word I'm looking for? What is the word I'm looking for? It's not trial. 
if you don't have, a, I can't think of the word, but if you never have problems, how are you victorious? How can you go from glory to glory if there's nothing there for you to stand through? Think about it. Look at the book of Hebrews. And the men and women of God, some were boiled alive in oil, some were sawn in half. You know, some of them were, you know, sent out into the wilderness. I mean, these were trials and tribulations. And what do we have to look at? What do we have to deal with? Well, you see, we might, some of us might deal with that. You know, if you're watching the world right now, that tribulation is getting stronger and stronger for those of us in the body of Christ. There may come a time when we have life or death tribulation. Honestly, I hope it never happens, but it is happening for some right now in the world, and it's getting more and more serious. We know that means that the world is going to see Jesus very soon. But that also means we need to be stronger because, you know, I learned this in all of my life and in my walk. When I think I've got it all together, the Lord reminds me of yet a new thing that I've got to put and give to him. I've got to put before him. Every time I've got to a new level, and not that I'm walking around saying out loud, knowingly, look at me, look at where I've come, but I've been there. (laughs) And I know you have too. I know you have because you're human. We've all been there where we thought, boy, have I arrived. When we get to a place where we think we've arrived, we're in pride. Maybe you're like the Pharisees. Maybe today you're like the Pharisees and you're looking at people down from your eyes, down down your nose, and you're thinking, I would never, ever do something like that. I learned a long time ago never to say something like that, never to think something like that, because as soon as you do, you're going to fall. That's pride. You don't know what that person's going through in their life. And even if you do, how dare you say You would never go to that place. You don't know what you would do in this situation. How many times have you done something that you thought you'd never do? There you go, right there. How many times have you said to yourself, well, if I were in this situation, then you got to the situation and you realize, this is not exactly what it was. This is why we cannot afford to judge people. We cannot afford to judge people. We can't. We cannot afford to judge people. You don't know where they've come from. You don't know their situation. You might think you know it, but you don't know their life. And God tells us that we are to love. See, the Bible tells us that you'll know us by the way we love each other. Are you loving others? Are you loving people? When you encounter someone, are you approaching them in love or are you approaching them like, Well, you know, they shouldn't be sitting out here. How about the the homeless gentleman on the side of the road? I I met a woman. Oh, I don't know if I should share this. So we're not going to go here. We're not going to go there. But how about the homeless man that you see on the side of the road? And you see him walk away. People stop and they give him, you know, money. And you say to yourself, how dare he 
take advantage of the people like this. You know, maybe you sit, maybe you're sitting somewhere across, I don't know, in a park or something, and you just happen to be right there and you see, or you're sitting at the library. You know, if you're, if you're like, if, if your city's like my city, a lot of the homeless men and women, they gather in front of the public library. In my city, that's where they do because the library, this public library allows them to come inside out of the elements. As long as they do not do anything wrong, they will not make them leave the library, which I think is beautiful. Sometimes it's really cold outside. Sometimes it's really hot outside. And you know what it's like if you're stuck outside and maybe you locked your door, you know, the keys in the car, and you can't get back in the car, and it's cold and freezing or raining. That's what they're like 24 hours a day. So I'm grateful to God that those people at the library allow them to come in. But let's just, I'm going to take you back to the scenario. So it's very easy if I were in the library, the library in my city, to look out the window and see lots of homeless men and women sitting. Some of them sit in front of the library. Some of them walk around. They gather in the beginning of the day, in the morning, in front of the library. Uh, every single day of the week that the library is, yeah, the library is open seven days a week in my city. So every single day they gather in front of the library. It would be very easy for me to see someone maybe begging for food or or someone, you know, getting in a fight. In fact, that's quite a normal, commonplace situation where I'll be, you know, I'll go to the library and I'll hear this one arguing with that one, yelling across the road to that one or this one cussing at this one. And, you know, a long time ago, I would, I would, honestly, I would judge those people like, my gosh, how could they, you know, do this kind of thing? And then the Lord began to show me some things in life. I don't know about you, but I don't have to even tell you all the things in life that I've seen. But I think you've been through a couple of these things in life. And you begin to understand that things are not so clear cut. They're not so black and white. They're not so cut and dry. People have complicated lives because life is complicated. You know, I love, I absolutely adore talking to people. And the reason I adore talking to people is because I get to hear a slice out of their life. I absolutely love to hear what people are going on, what's going on in their lives and, and, and who they are. I, I absolutely adore hearing that. I'm not a nosy person. You know, some people might think that's nosy. I don't know. But I love people. And I genuinely want to see all people doing well. I mean, I really do. And it's just something God has put inside of me. I had to pray for that. But God answered my prayer and he gave me that love for people. So I always want to know what's going on. So as God began to change my heart, he began to give me thoughts about what must these people's lives be like. See, I've talked to quite a few homeless men and women in my lifetime for various reasons. And most of the ones that I've talked to are just like you and I. A lot of them are just a paycheck away from homelessness. You know, if you don't know what that means, that means that they're working from paycheck to paycheck and they didn't have any savings and some catastrophic event happened and then they couldn't pay their rent or couldn't pay for their mortgage and they got put out on the street. Okay, that's a very common occurrence along, among a lot of homeless. Some of them told me they made bad choices. That's what most of us assume anyway that, that, that people are homeless for. They made bad choices and now they're trying to pick up the pieces and do what's right in their life. 
Some of them, you know, have had, were in domestic violence situations. And, you know, maybe they had a, a boyfriend or a husband that they were living with and they escaped, you know, with their life, but they have nothing else now. I mean, we don't know the situation, but what we've got to understand is all of us have had trials and tribulations. And it's what we do in that situation that makes all the difference in the world. I've been through quite a few trials and tribulations myself. And as I mentioned, I used to fall to pieces. I never understood in the beginning of my walk and I can chuckle about it now. It's not funny, but I can chuckle because I was so naive. I was so naive. I just didn't understand why were these bad things happening to me? Then I began to read the word and get stronger in the Lord God. And I recognized, oh, this happens to the saints. This happens to the people of God. So now I bring this full circle to you. What are you dealing with today in your life? Are you falling to pieces because something got difficult? Or are you going to stand up right now? After you already fell to pieces, okay? Look, if you're falling to pieces, don't let that stop you from getting up and standing up and keeping you know, moving forward. We've all been there before, every single one of us. I haven't, I haven't met one person that hasn't fallen to pieces at least once in their life. I'm sure now that I say it, maybe there are some people who haven't. I haven't met them. And maybe there's one or two, I don't know. But all I know is, Life isn't easy, but with Jesus Christ, you have victory, friends. You have victory. So I want you to stand up today and recognize that where you're going, there's victory. And here's the other thing I learned. You see, on the other side of the struggle is the triumph. The other side of the problem is the triumph. And Satan doesn't want you to get there because he also knows what that means. You see, this is truth. Let me, let me explain this to you. When the enemy attacks, it's because he wants to keep you down. Because he knows that you're moving forward, okay? Why is he going to attack those that know the truth and the word of God? I mean, like... I should say, how is he going to attack those people? Yeah, you know, we know Paul went through trials and tribulations, but Paul continued on. Paul continued on like a good soldier. He did have trials and tribulations and he was attacked, but he got back up and he stood up. And I'm pretty sure that in the beginning of his walk, you know, he had situations going on that he didn't know what he was going to do about. You know, the Bible doesn't really talk about that, except one situation I'm remembering now, and I, if I've got this right, where he, when he first became converted, think about that. Here Paul was, Saul, let's say, he was Saul who had been killing, murdering, and been instrumental in the murdering of so many Christians. He gets converted, and now he has to convince the people of God that he's no longer against him, the Christians that he's no longer against him. I'm pretty sure he probably was afraid. So he got stronger and 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 continued on and continued on. Friends, you and I have to come to a place where we stop falling to pieces. We stop losing faith because there's a problem. We stop falling to pieces when there is a problem. Okay, let me, let me, let me, Okay, I'm going to end now. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, now. I want to continue this on another day, should the Holy Spirit permit me. 
But right now, there are, so those of you out there who are going through a really tough situation, and before you listened to this radio podcast, you were thinking about giving up. And you were thinking, what am I going to do? Friend, I know it's tough. I know it's hard. But what you're going to do is this. You need to get on your knees before the Lord and you need to thank him. You need to ask him to tell you how to pray. Ask him, how do I pray? And the Holy Spirit will give you utterance and you will begin to pray. And you're going to pray and you're going to pray and you're going to pray and you're going to give yourself unto prayer. And you're not going to stop and you're not going to stop until the Holy Spirit stops within you. And then you're going to pray some more. And then you're going to go into your word. And then you're going to thank God for what he's doing. And you're going to trust and believe when you thank him, you are acknowledging that it's already done. Saints, I'm believing with you right now that it is done. Every last one of us has things going on in our lives, me included. None of us, none of us is without victory in Jesus Christ. So know that I'm praying for you. And more importantly, know that Jesus is praying for you. The word says he's constantly interceding for us. Now that right there is something. He's constantly interceding from you. You have the King of kings and Lords of Lord, Lord of Lords interceding for you. Oh, friends, when I'm reminded of that, it just gives me such joy and peace. So as I close right now, I want you to thank God. I want you to remember what God has done in your life. I want you to look back at all the times that he brought you out. You're still alive to listen here today. You didn't die. And you're stronger because of it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for each and every one here right now. Lord God, that they're going through a tribulation, Father God. I thank you that you're going to strengthen them through it. And I thank you, Lord God, that you've given them some peace right now that surpasseth all understanding. And you've given them hope, Lord God. Send them to scriptures that would give them encouragement, Lord God. Bring other saints that would encourage them. Help them, Lord God. Give them strength that they may pray. And walk out what your word says. Lord God, you are the victorious one. And we are victorious in you. So I choose to give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Thanks. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So friends, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another moment with Michelle. I have enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed sitting here with you. I hope that you have been blessed by this podcast. Share it. If you have, like it, subscribe to the podcast, download the Anchor app where you can subscribe and catch all of the latest podcasts. Go to anchor.fm forward slash Michelle Donatian if you want to listen online. You can like my Facebook page. It's Michelle Donatian Inc. You can follow me on Twitter, Michelle-Donatian. You can, excuse me, Michelle underscore Donatian. You can follow me on Instagram, Michelle-Donatian. Friends, it has been an absolute pleasure. Know that I'm praying for you. You are victorious. Walk in it. There is hope. God bless you. I love you. Until the next time. That'll be Wednesday, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you. Bye-bye.